He's a member of the National Network of Immigrants and Refugee Rights. And so, welcome to the show, Arnoldo. How you doing? Good, thank you, Pedro. Right on. So, tell us a little bit about the network that you guys do and uh, a little bit about the organization that we're talking yeah, the, about. The National Network has been around since the mid-80s. You know, it's a grassroots operation, a fight for equal rights for all persons, regardless of immigration or citizenship status. And... We're pushing and you know supporting our communities to get the the kind of reform that they support and want in order to make the change in their life. It's really just it's just an incredible situation we're facing every day. So the, the undocumented organizers are rising up. The dreamers, their, their courage and their vision really is incredible. It really is uh, inspiring, and it really just has a really big impact. Even even if their, their message is not being heard in the daily news every day, they're having a big impact on the main political players because they know that our communities are not kidding. They know that our communities really really know what they want, and it's not just going to be any old little reform that they're going to offer, and, which is on the table right now, but it's going to take more than that, and that's why our communities are struggling the way they are. And there's other groups like in, in southern Arizona and Tucson, the Organizados de Humanos. These are all really cutting-edge community groups grassroots groups they're all volunteer driven that are doing amazing work to defend not just the rights of, the, of their local communities but they have a really big impact nationally and internationally because they're taking on the biggest parts of the, the monster situation right of border militarization and criminalization in the interior so they're they 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 really lead by example um and it's Folks don't know about them. They just they can just go online and basically Google Puente or Tona Tierra or Conexiones Humanos. They have their websites up and they have different ways that you can support them up afar and also um, emulate their example here locally. That we also need that. That's right. And, you know, so just to finish off, you know, so we've seen a lot of other uh, actions as well that have been taking place. Uh, for example, at ICE offices uh, where buses have been stopped, I think, in that sense of uh, youth and uh, dreamers. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, other folks are in there as well, uh, yeah. you know, uh, coming out in, in, in that sense of saying enough is enough. Ya basta, no? Enough is enough, and it's it's been going on for very long, and it, it might go on for a long longer time than we we would care for, and that just puts a lot of pressure on us to to connect our struggles and connect our voices, and just keep doing the right thing, keep doing the right thing, and, and pressing the people who are making these decisions to do the right thing as well. Um, and there's no way that you can hide the you know the, the nature of the laws that are being proposed. There's no way you can hide them uh, that they're very unfair, unjust, and that they're not going to be sufficient. Uh, it'll if they were to pass the, the current proposal in Congress, that's from the Senate, it might affect a lot of people's lives, you know, in the positive way, but it's going to leave out millions of others out. And that's where the negative part comes in. So how do you, what do you do, right? So you, we, what, what we can do is organizing and talking about what we want and, and, and looking at what we, what, what we can get and, and supporting each other because in the short run, that's all we have is each other. In the long run, it's, it's going to affect more people and uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that, that. That situation gets worse for more people and, and the, we'll be thrown together in the same, in the same um, into our arms, so to say, into our arms to struggle together and work together better. But we don't have to wait for things to get that bad in order for us to do the right thing. We can do it today. That's right. We are all human. No one is illegal. Yeah, yeah, no human is illegal, no human is undocumented, and no human is a minority. That's right. And, you know, I um, wanted to let you know that I think uh, the president, since he's in the Bay Area, he might be listening to us, man. Uh, what would you say to him? President Obama. <laughs> I, I know he's oh listening, man. Yeah, he's listening to President Obama. You know, stop the deportations now and the secu secure communities policies. Uh, Social security, not national security. Justice for all, freedom for all, and remember, you know, our communities and everything that you do that you're there, not, not symbolically, but you're a real, you know, person from our communities that has to do, has to make a difference in our lives and not, not continue the same programs and policies and cutbacks and attacks and criminalization and incarceration that continue plaguing our communities like, like 
like there's no no end to it. That's right. Once again, thank you very much for those words. Arnoldo Garcia, este, how can folks get in, information about the National Network for Immigrant Rights well, and can, Refugees? You can visit the National Network. I'm just a member. Of, I don't speak for the National Network, but you can visit the, the website. Have a lot of great information. www.nnirr.org, and you can find out more news about about the fast and, and the struggle against border militarization. Also, connection like Coalition de Derechos Humanos, other groups across the country. It's a very useful website. As you know, there's so much information available now. So nnirr.org. Word, and most definitely, once again, thank you for sharing your knowledge and giving us uh, some feedback and some reflection on some of the actions that are happening as well. Well, thank you, too, for doing the work you're doing at KPFA. tenemos con nosotros a Donahy, que es parte del de grupo Power, este People Organizing with Employment Rights, uh, que nos va a hablar un poco de la marcha de mayo primero y lo que están haciendo ahorita en las campañas de los uh, derechos para los migrantes que están aquí y este bienvenida, ¿cómo estás Donahy? Muy bien, muchas gracias. Estoy emocionada de eh, la marcha que viene porque sobre todo en este clima político en el que hay un debate, ¿verdad?, entre los políticos acerca de, de los inmigrantes. Entonces, mucha gente tiene mucho que decir de nosotros, ¿verdad?, cada quien tiene una opinión, pero creo que este primero de mayo es nuestra oportunidad a nosotros, la comunidad inmigrante, de decir qué pensamos de nosotros mismos y también dar nuestros mensajes. Entonces, estoy muy emocionada que vamos a tener esta oportunidad el próximo miércoles. En este proyecto nosotros organizamos mujeres que hacen trabajo de limpieza de casas, que cuidan niños, que hacen el trabajo que de casa, ¿verdad? Históricamente también uh, tiene mucho que ver que este es el, el trabajo que está haciendo, por ejemplo, es, es excluido de las leyes laborales. Tú tienes uh, como trabajador derechos, ¿verdad? Como las ocho horas y muchos otros derechos que todo trabajador tiene. Pero hay una exclusión acerca de los trabajadores agrícolas y trabajadoras de casa, ¿verdad? Entonces, no es casualidad que esa exclusión también repercute mucho en el trato que tienen compañeras, ¿verdad? Hay un montón de abuso, hay un montón de sobretrabajo y bien uh, poco pago. A veces ni siquiera, como no hay un contrato, como no hay algo muy formal, siempre, a veces, si al empleador le da la gana, paga y a veces no está ni eso, ¿no? Entonces, sí, compañeras uh, muchas veces se quejan de abuso no solamente um, económico, ¿verdad? Pero a veces hasta hasta hay empleadores abusivos que en el trato, en el, en, el, en diferentes maneras, ¿verdad? Tenemos a uh, compañeras que, que hacen el trabajo y, y, por ejemplo, ya de tantos años que tienen trabajando como no hay protecciones en la salud, uh, mucha gente ni considera los riesgos de hacer trabajo de casa. Nuestra compañera Piedad, por ejemplo, que tiene muchísimos años de estar limpiando casas, nunca usó guantes, nunca usó una máscara para protegerse de los líquidos y los químicos, ¿verdad?, de limpiar las casas, y ahora sus pulmones y su salud están minadas, porque, porque ha sido eso, ¿verdad? Entonces, uh, no se diga que ha tenido que hacer el trabajo de más de una persona, ¿verdad?, a veces está como nani, como limpiadora de casa a la vez, pero no tiene los salarios, ¿verdad? Entonces, sí, en esta industria hay mucho abuso, precisamente... Ah, la semana pasada estuvimos en Sacramento, volvió a introducirse la Carta de Derechos de Trabajadoras del Hogar. Eh, acaba de pasar, ah, tu, tuvimos un, un, ah, una celebración bien grande porque este, este miércoles pasado ah, acaba de, de ser aprobada por el Comité de Labor la Carta de Derechos, ¿verdad? Todavía falta que pase por otros por las otras tres casas para que se esté en la, la mesa del, del gobernador, ¿verdad? Pero pues es una lucha que ya tiene muchos años, es el tercer intento que estamos haciendo para pasar esta carta de derechos y pues ahí estamos, ¿no? Echándole, cierto. Entonces, um, este, este primero de mayo, la dignidad, nuestro amor, ¿verdad? Por la vida, por la humanidad y por nuestro derecho a vivir y, 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 y ser felices, ¿verdad? Y, y de nuestro trabajo y de todo lo que producimos. Esto, esto es lo que va a marchar este primero de mayo. Entonces, ah, ven compañero, ven compañera, ven, ven con nosotros, únete. 
juntos podemos hacer mucho. Diez, una vez más, muchas gracias por estar con nosotros, Dona G. Este, y estamos muy orgullosos de lo que andas haciendo con tu trabajo y todo el buen trabajo que está haciendo Power también. Así que, gente, sí. infórmese este, y use los recursos que están en la comunidad para que yeah, puedan... Yeah. Ah, perdón, hay una cosa más. El uh, Power acaba de ganar el programa piloto de pases gratis para los niños en San Francisco. Entonces, si tienen niños menores entre 5 y 17 años, solo tienen que hacer una aplicación y van a tener un pase. Los niños pueden viajar gratis en el MUNI hasta todo el año que escolar que viene. Entonces, wow. ah, también es otra oportunidad. Y si quieren más información, pueden hablarnos a Power. Es el 415 y 254-9552. Entonces, 415-254-9552 y podemos darles información. Esto también. Una vez más, muchas gracias y felicidades en esta victoria porque sé que estaban trabajando muy duro. Um, yo estaba viendo un poco de esta campaña hace creo que como un año creo dos años. Sí, uh, duró más de dos años. Sí, sí ¿verdad? Entonces, entonces sí. felicidades y felicidades sí. a la juventud, ya saben, agarren su free bus pass para que no les den un tiquete y así no sí. se meten en problemas también con la ley y tienen este, la oportunidad de pasearse allí en todo San Francisco gratis, especialmente si son juventud, ¿qué no? Pues sí, pues sí. Bueno, muchas okay. gracias otra vez. Yeah, we really appreciate all your good work and definitely Uh, let us know if you have any other victories. And uh, again, congratulations on the youth bus passes that you want uh, for the youth to be able to ride the Muni for free. Uh, so once again, you can get more information at Power. Uh, go to Power. Is the Tienen website? Power.org? Yes. Uh, yeah, peopleorganized.org. Uh -huh. And pe that's peopleorganized.org. So check it out. Once again, muchas gracias, Donahi, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, hopefully, uh, and find out more about these victories. Okay. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Okay. Hasta que pases luego. buenas noches. We have Wendy and Erika right here joining us. Hello, Wendy and Erika. ¿Cómo están? Hola, buenas noches, Pedro. Así Hi, es. everyone. Good night. And so you're from the youth uh, FMLN from the Bay Area, right? Sí, así es. Queríamos darte las gracias, Pedro, por eh, la oportunidad de anunciar nuestro evento. Un encuentro muy importante, no solo para los salvadoreños, y centroamericanos y todos los latinoamericanos y nuestros compañeros internacionalistas invitarlos a, que, a conmemorar el natalicio del cumpleaños de nuestro líder histórico revolucionario Augusto Farabundo Martí eh, que cumple años el 5 de mayo nosotros estaremos celebrando su cumpleaños acá en el área de la bahía eh, con el propósito de unir a nuestra comunidad, a todos aquellos que se han solidarizado, que han participado en los cambios sociales eh, de nuestra América Latina, que son tan importantes eh, eh, en estos momentos. Quedan venir y disfrutar de conocer un poco más acerca de nuestro líder histórico y también la oportunidad de, de bailar, ¿no? tener un encuentro muy agradable y también decirle a toda eh, la audiencia de que su donación eh, será para apoyar a jóvenes, no solo salvadoreños, sino de, de otras partes que eh, serán delegados para estudiar en la Universidad Nacional del Salvador eh, este verano. Entonces sus donaciones irán eh, para esta causa muy noble e importante para aquellos jóvenes que están eh, queriendo ir a estudiar a la Universidad Nacional. Así que gracias, Pedro, por la oportunidad. Okay, so thank you, Pedro, for giving us the space, um, for allowing us to come here and announce our gathering, which we have titled Latino Dance, We Move United. And um, like my compañera Wendy said, the purpose is to commemorate the life of the revolutionary leader, Agustin Farabundo Martí of El Salvador, who was also known to be part of struggles in other Latin American countries um, and who fought 
against the oligarchy, militarist governments of those times. And many of us feel that it is important to view his life as an example in the struggles that we face, um, including the struggles that we face today. And we're just asking for a donation that will go to a student delegation that is taking place this summer for students to go study at the National University of El Salvador. So we're calling out to our communities, you know, from Central America, from Latin America, but also our communities from other countries to come in solidarity with us and celebrate the life of Agustin Faraguno Martí. And I also wanted to mention briefly to the communities to remember to come out May 1st. This is in Santa Rosa in front of the Dollar Tree. It's going to be the march for the rights of, of the workers. So if the community can also remember to come out in front of the Dollar Tree in Santa Rosa. El FMLN es para Bundo Martí para la Liberación Nacional con la Secretaría de Educación y la Juventud del FMLN en el norte de la Bahía. Este para más información nosotros tenemos un correo electrónico es FMLN Educa arroba G M-A-I-L.com eh, y el número de teléfono es 707 en área 332-3605 para más información. Y este los esperamos a todos, incluyéndote a ti, Pedro. Esperemos que nos puedas acompañar eh, y así también poder este ver a nuestra gente, eh, poder eh, hablar también, estaremos eh, teniendo información acerca del voto en el exterior para los salvadoreños, que por primera vez en la Asamblea Legislativa eh, del Salvador se aprueba que todo salvadoreño y salvadoreña en el exterior, o sea que vive eh, afuera del territorio del Salvador, pueda ejercer su voto. En, en las próximas elecciones del 2014. Entonces ahí tendremos más información. Así que gracias, Pedro, de nuevo. Un saludo fraterno y solidario. And also there will be information regarding um, the Salvadoran vote in the exterior, which for the first time um, in El Salvador, they're allowing all Salvadorans, you know, including in the U.S. and other parts of the country, to, um, to come exercise their, their right to vote. Oh, we will have information on that, and if anyone wants more information on the event or they have any questions about um, FMLN education, we have an email address, which is fmlneduca at gmail.com, and the contact number is 707-332-3605. And again, this is an invitation to all our communities. To all Salvadorans and all everyone in solidarity with the Salvadoran people to please come out.
Right now we got on the line Stephanie, who's from the SFOP out here in San Francisco. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about some of the stuff they've been working on, some of the campaigns they've been uh, doing out in the community, as well as uh, what's been going on with this uh, new immigration reform that's been uh, being talked about by the clan of eight. I mean, the gang of eight. Right. So. Here we go. Uh, ¿Qué tal, T Stephanie? ¿Cómo estás? Bien, gracias. Gracias por invitarme. Pues chido. Este. Entonces, cuéntanos un poco de qué están haciendo en SFOP y qué haces tú allí. Ok. Bueno, pues yo soy uno de los líderes en SFOP y más que nada uh, lo que hemos hecho en estos últimos meses ha sido una campaña hacia la ciudadanía. Como ustedes han escuchado en las noticias, el 21 de mayo pasó el, el bill potencial hacia una reforma migratoria, salió del uh, Senado, el Comité Judicial del Senado. Entonces ahora en, en estos primeros días de junio esperamos que ya llegue este bill al Senado y ahí uh, van, los senadores van a hablar sobre el bill y a ver si, si lo apoyan o no. Hemos tenido vigilias todos los días afuera de las oficinas de la senadora Feinstein, más que nada presionando y diciéndole a, a, los, a la senadora que nosotros estamos en oración, esperanzados de que pase una reforma migratoria que nos vaya a ayudar a todos. Estamos agradecidos por su apoyo de la senadora Feinstein y todos aquellos que aprobaron que saliera este bill del Comité Judicial, pero sabemos que hay mucha oposición. Estos uh, últimos días, algunos de nuestros líderes de San Francisco estuvieron presentes en las audiencias en Washington y están muy emocionados, pero al igual mencionaron que el senador Hatch de Utah dijo que él simplemente iba a apoyar para que este bill saliera del comité uh, judicial, pero ya estando en el Senado, que él no iba a apoyar nada. Entonces, opiniones como la del senador Hatch van a haber muchas de los republicanos que no quieren apoyar. Y nuestra petición hacia nuestra, nuestra gente es que nos, nos ayude ¿no? a presionar a los senadores, a los congresistas, para que ellos sepan que nosotros no nos vamos a dar por vencidos y, y que queremos un cambio a, a estas leyes migratorias que tienen el país. And, you know, taking it to the next level where la marcha es lenta, pero sigue siendo marcha, ¿qué no? Ya, yeah, exactamente. Um, quiero terminar con las palabras del congresista Gutiérrez que uh, vino hace unos meses. Dijo que para, para tener un buen resultado nosotros tenemos que ser um, persistentes, consistentes e insistentes. Y siento que eso es verdad. Nosotros tenemos que seguir adelante sin darnos por vencidos y, y vemos, veremos el, el resultado de una reforma migratoria. Así es. Y la lucha sigue una vez más. Muchas gracias, Stephanie, por estar con nosotros. Gracias a ti. This is Falcon, and uh, I am currently guest hosting or actually interviewing the host of Setting the Standard right here, Pedro Reyes, uh, talking a little bit about his history with radio and um, his approach to radio, and also, um, I guess you could say, his overall um history in terms of what he's done with the community how he's helped better people's lives and uh pretty much talking about the person that on sundays or monday morning i should say that you usually listen to on these airwaves to basically enjoy and uh, inform yourself with so pedro um you don't really need to introduce yourself but you can <laughs> uh yes hello and thank you for having me here falcon uh you know it's interesting i've never been interviewed on my own uh segment or show uh so it's really cool to be here with you and uh, especially with yourself because uh you know you're the one that introduced me to kpfa so uh i really appreciate it be for being here and like uh being here with you at this moment too 
All right. So um, Steadying the Standard is the show that you um, work with now. Um, it's here on KPFA. But originally, your roots in radio actually start from Santa Cruz. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, I started in uh, Free Radio Santa Cruz. I did it for about six years out there in Santa Cruz. Um, I was lucky enough to meet um, this person that asked me, hey, do you want to be on the radio at my work site? And uh, luckily, I was able to go to the meeting and attend uh, uh, training so that I could be able to do my own show on free radio santa cruz which was 96.3 at the time so but now it's 101.1 fm so it's been around for about maybe 15 years and uh you know free radio santa cruz is actually uh part of the city it got a city council um resolution passed so that they can be able to be protected from uh, local jurisdictions uh, due to, uh, you know, them being a community resource and informing the community as well and being able to stay communi- community actively in the community through the airwaves. Uh, I'm very glad that Pedro here is a long-term friend of mine and Word. that he does he's continue to never stop doing this radio. That's so right. uh, that's very beautiful. We want to say thank you to La Onda Bajita. We want to say thank you to uh, Maya Rice for hooking us up with setting the standard. We want to say thank you to Brother Lay. Brother Lay, right We want to say thank you to you, Falcon, as well, for, you know, being around for the the last 12 years and making things happen as well for us right here on La Onda Bajita and on setting the standard. Because, again, it takes a community. And I want to say thank you to all the other folks that have joined us here at setting the standard as well that are participating and creating and, you know, being able to diversify the message that we carry right here on setting the standard. All right. Um, now, actually, before we go, Brother Lay. Uh, well, I just want to give thanks uh, to even be a part of this interview today, tonight. I mean, I just kind of came in. I don't know. I didn't know I was gonna, if I was going to come in or not, so... Texas, but you know, uh, growing growing up right here in Los Angeles, so he's gonna be telling us a little bit about what he's been doing lately, cause he's been moving. He's always moving, and uh, you know, we gotta catch up sometimes. So, Cuba Unico, como estás? Hey, I'm doing real good. How you doing, Payaso? Doing well, man. Just chilling right here, trying to see where you've been, what you've been up to, and uh, what's going on. Uh, just everything, a lot, a lot going on, a lot going on. Uh, just been working mainly. How about you? Uh, myself, I'm as well, man. I've been out here doing uh, events out here for the Mission Arts Cultural Center, man. You know, keeping it, holding it down. So, cool, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're always doing that good work, you and my carnal Wilson over there. That's what's up. It's been a minute since I've been in the Bay. Where maybe we'll bring you out here to the Mission Arts Cultural Center, man. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So tell us a little bit about what's going on over there. Well, I've just been traveling mainly and recording. Um, I'm out here recording right now and just did a quick little tour doing radio and different things. So I've mainly just been recording. I took some time off of all the heavy touring that I typically do. And I've just been focused on recording and releasing tons of music. And then real soon, I'm going to be hitting the road as much as I possibly can. For a while, I was just going to Europe constantly, going to Central America constantly. 
and not recording as much. My album, Bittersweet, was supposed to be out like a year ago, and some different things behind the scenes took place out of my control. So my manager told me, hey, you need to drop a mixtape. That'll be a good thing. So now I have this mixtape. It's going to be the fourth in my series. It's called Spiritual Warfare 4, and it's going to be put out actually in association, in conjunction with the legendary Brown Berets. And it's something that the Brown Braves have never done as far as co-signing a, a hip-hop project. And then also a radio station out of L.A. called Latino 96.3. It's a, a real big radio station out in Southern Califas. And so they're going to host it as well. Most definitely. And we want to say thank you to you, too, for holding it down out there in Texas. And, uh, you know, congratulations on being featured on Double XL, man, for sure. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not from out here. I just I come out here to record. Um, I just got back from New York. So I, I just been recording in different places and then going back to Cali. And I've just been traveling a lot. It just depends on where I need to be at the moment. So. And once again, uh, so if folks want to get your music, where can they do that? Hit me on Twitter, hit me on Facebook, hit me on YouTube, hit me on Instagram, hit me on iTunes. Um, it's all out there. You know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. And like I said, I have nine projects available. So there's definitely a little something for everybody. Yeah, I always dig that uh, El Animal Humano, man. Definitely, <laughs> like, you know, old school, I say, you know what I mean? But uh, once again, uh, you know, that's uh, J Unico with the J-E-H-U-N-I-K-O. And uh, you can Google him, también dicen. So once again, we want to say thank you to you for, you know, all your good talent. And we'll definitely keep in contact and follow you on different projects, you know. Orale, gracias, canal. Como siempre, te agradezco. Y que viva la causa, homes. Orale, Simón, aquí estamos. And once again... This is setting the standard right here on KPFA 94.1. Ahorita regresamos. Vamos a escuchar un poco de Je Unico. So it's not just us, and we're all connected, and we have to respect everything that lives on this earth that shares the same earth that we do. The I Don't Know More movement, the indigenous movement, this is a continuation of the you know 500 year long uh, indigenous resistance is much bigger than one piece of legislation it's much bigger than you know prime minister harper much bigger than any one piece of anything it's it's about this continual resistance that we got to a uh, consumeristic non-indigenous non-sustainable way of life and that's what i don't know more is all about it's about us standing up and speaking up We've never really been asleep, and now more than ever, we're awake and we're standing up. I don't know more. No more, no more, no more. I don't know more. No more, no more, no more. I don't know more. No more, no more, no more. I From the north to the south It's a struggle rooted in love A love of self And my people for my ancestors Did not die in vain For they walk with us today We've been fighting terrorism since 1492 Circle of the sun and take it right to you United front, come together Stuck like glue No more tears, my heart is cold And it's time to move Right now on the line with us, we have Lilia Alvarez, who's from the campaign Respect Arizona. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about the organization around this and also as well as to see what's happening with Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Because as we know, he's been violating uh, basic human rights, uh, racially profiling 
messing with the community of the raza out there in Arizona. So, buenas tardes, buenos días, uh, Lilia, ¿cómo está? Buenas tardes, muy bien, muchas gracias. Well, right on. Tell us a little bit about Respect Arizona and uh, what's going on with that. Pues, Respect, Respect Arizona es una organización que fundamos uh, para poder destituir al sheriff. El sheriff Arpaio aquí en Arizona es famoso, ¿verdad?, en el país por tanta corrupción, tanta discriminación, especialmente en contra de la comunidad hispana. Entonces nosotros ya llevamos 120 días uh, trabajando muy duro para recolectar 335 mil firmas para poder destituirlo. Nos quedan cinco días. Uh, we're five days out and we are still really working hard because we believe this is the right fight. And now that U.S. District Court judge finally ruled that In fact, Sheriff Arpaio has been discriminating systematically against Latinos. We know that people will finally see the light and, and realize that this has not been made up. This isn't any longer just people telling their stories. This is documented, hard evidence that indeed the sheriff has broken the law. Bueno, este, algo más que quisiera decirle aquí al público, este, especialmente de esta ganada, pero este, a la misma vez sigue la lucha, ¿verdad? Uh, sí. de, de allí, de Arizona, ¿qué, ¿qué le gustaría decir aquí? Que, verdad, es, se trata de que nosotros nos sientamos obligados para poder hacer el cambio. Uh, el cambio no, no sucede por coincidencia y nuestra dignidad nunca va a ser uh, la motivación para la gente, verdad, que es corrupta. Es importante que nosotros decidamos añadirnos al proceso político. Muchas veces nuestro mismo pueblo, verdad, resiste y resiste, no quiere involucrarse, pero esta es la única manera en que podemos ganar, en que podemos levantar la frente y, y sentirnos más seguros. Tenemos que involucrarnos en la política y firmar y votar y registrarnos para votar si todavía no, no estamos registrados. Muchos, todos conocemos a ciudadanos, todos conocemos a residentes, todos estamos en esto juntos y cada quien tiene que hacer su parte. Así es, y una vez más es triste que uh, you know, un sheriffe esté usando y abusando este su poder y este contra la comunidad en vez de tratar de ayudarles and so it's really sad that a sheriff is using and abusing his power and uh, you know that he's uh, using that to put fear in the community and uh, you know basically go go on with his agenda without being uh, you know, suffering the consequences, so to speak. So, uh, once again, we want to say thank you to you, Lilia Álvarez, and la lucha sigue. Aquí estamos de todo corazón. Si gustan hablarnos, este, darnos un update, uh, sacar la información, aquí estamos en Setting the Standard. Ya saben, están invitados cuando quieran. Muchas, muchas gracias. Gracias, de verdad. Así es. Y una vez más, mi nombre es Pedro Reyes. Aquí estamos en KPFA 94.1. Ahorita regresamos después de esta música porque todos somos Arizona. Esmeralda Gonzalez is going to be telling us a little bit about an event that's going to be taking place out in Santa Rosa. And she's a member of the Mecha from Santa Rosa Junior College. And uh, Kibul Esmeralda, ¿cómo estás? Uh, estoy bien. Muchas gracias por tenerme. Así es. Y cuéntanos este, qué va a pasar ahí en Santa Rosa este, en este evento. Ok, entonces el, vamos a tener una marcha. Vamos a marchar a la oficina del sheriff. Algunos nos vamos a juntar en el Old Courthouse Square a la una, nos vamos a ir y otros se van a reunir también en Santa Rosa Junior College, entonces vamos a ir todos juntos y, y los del Santa Rosa Junior College se van a ir a las dos. So, todos vamos a marchar a la oficina de Sheriff y vamos a llegar ahí como a las tres. Es que todos están invitados, um, bienvenidos para poder apoyar esta causa. 
Ah, es una injusticia lo que pasó con Andrés López y es hora que nosotros nos unamos para que no vuelva a pasar algo así. Así, así. Cuéntanos un poco qué pasó con Andrés y, y cuál fue la situación. Oh, entonces, ah, Andrés López fue un, era un niño de 13 años. Ah, estaba caminando por los rumbos de West Robles y Moreland cuando lo, se encontró con unos sheriffs y traía cargando una pistola de mentiras, uh, él se dice pellet gun, and mientras estaba caminando fue disparado uh, siete veces, no solo una vez, uh, esa, es la, esa es su historia. Así es, sí, este, cuéntanos este, ¿qué, qué, qué, qué han estado haciendo ahorita, porque hemos estado viendo que también hay mucha este, acción ahorita que después de que pasó esto, uh, uh, cuéntanos un poco qué han hecho. Oye, oh, yeah. hay varias organizaciones que también se están organizando para hacer diferentes eventos. Um, también nosotros uh, de Mecha vamos a tener uh, un evento mañana, vamos a hacer posters para la marcha. Um, otras organizaciones también se están juntando para apoyarlos. Sé que los danzantes aztecas han estado allí en el sitio donde fue balanceado varias noches. Han estado vendiendo chocolate para poder ap apoyar a su familia. Apenas fue su funeral um, hoy y es a veces muy costoso. Así es que todos en la comunidad estamos juntándonos, haciendo diferentes fundraisers para poder apoyar a su familia por lo que están pasando. One last question is, uh, what, what is the most important thing that you can tell people about their rights? I think in general, it's just important to be educated about your rights. Uh, there's different resources out there for you to find out what what to do when you're involved with an officer, what not to do. Um, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's, a, it's up to the individual to really look into this information, to get informed. Um, and definitely once you do pass on the information, Uh, I can't, right now I can't at the top of my head think of one single thing that's important. Uh, maybe uh, respect uh, when you are dealing with an officer. It, it's good that you show respect. I know it's sometimes difficult if you think about uh, their, how, they, how certain officers have abused their power in the past, but I think uh, it's important to be level-headed when you're confronting an officer. That's right, because they're all important, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, once again, uh, where can folks can be able to get more information if they want to get involved? Okay, so there's different pages on Facebook. Uh, I know there's Marcha for, or March for Andy Lopez. There's Justice for Andy Lopez. Um, there's different, depending on where you are, uh, there's different organizations. That I know, like, Mecha de SRJC, we're having some events. Um, you can look up, you can also look us up on Facebook. Um, if you want to email me directly, I can give you my email and people can email me if they're interested and they want to find out more information. Um, definitely look at local um, local newspapers. They have updated information about what's going on. Weird, most definitely. Well, right on. And we want to say thank you to you for doing all the good work out there and uh, keeping the folks informed. Uh, once again, uh, folks are going to be gathering t at JC, right? Mm -hmm. At the Santa Rosa Junior College from 5 to 6.30. And that's, but um, we'll yeah. definitely, uh, you know, time traveling here and then on. Yeah. Weird. And so once again, we want to say thank you to you for all your good work. And we'll definitely, uh, you know, try to keep updated on this uh events that are taking place and be able to inform the folks on you know this reality where f youth are being uh, shot down by the police and you know uh that's like you're saying esmeralda uh, we got to organize and inform the folks and let them know about the rights you know because we do have civil rights and again uh, you know we have to be able to protect those rights and use them when when uh push comes to shove so to speak you know Mm -hmm. And so the more we're informed, the more aware we we're, uh, we can make uh, informed decisions, you know. And so once again, Esmeralda, muchas gracias. Este, we want to say rest in peace to Andres Lopez. Is that right? Yes, 
Yes. And so, y en paz descanse y muchas gracias a, a ti por este, apoyar a la familia también y a la familia. Nuestros pensamientos van para ustedes. Uh, again, uh, you know, like you were saying, it's not the only place that it has happened. So folks need to, uh, you know, work together and uh, help each other out and find solutions to this kind of uh, abuse of power. You know? On the line with us, we have Oscar Salinas, who's going to be giving us an update on the uh, Alex Nieto case and what's been going on, as well as uh, you know the release of a film of based on Alex Nieto. Uh, so, welcome to the show, Oscar Salinas. How are you? Hey, thank you very much, homeboy. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. So, man, uh, we've been hearing that the uh, cops got uh, released. Uh, they didn't get, you know any charges at all that is right you know um just like anything else that's been happening up and here in the country is that um you know the the, the officers from san francisco pd were uh released from liability for the murder of alex nieto um to be honest with you we knew that was going to happen you know i mean we we're born and raised here in san francisco and and we knew that was going to happen but we just wanted to hear it from them so that's what happened, and that's where we're at right now, and we're preparing for that. Weird, man. And, you know, at the same time, uh, you've also been working on putting this film together. Tell us a little bit about this film and what's the name of it and what's it about. What we've been doing is uh, in the past couple of months is that uh, what it comes down to is, you know, the life of Alex Nieto. And uh, our homeboy from Green Edge Production is, is decided to make a video, you know, in a movie on the life of Alex Nieto. And um, we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to release this film on the first anniversary, the one-year anniversary of Alex Nieto's death at um, Mission Cultural Center this uh, year for him because this is the way we need to do his life right now. And that's where we're at right now. So we just uh, filmed this uh, whole thing, and that's where we're at right now. Weird. And so, you know, folks can get information about what the case was uh, like, and then uh, as well as, you know, what the process is like as well. Uh, how can they do that? So right now, you can go to our website at uh, alexnieto.com, and uh, we have a lot of different uh, things on there right now that you can see about march 21st we're gonna have lowriders over there on 24th and mission and 25th and mission in front of a uh, mission cultural center we're gonna have a little small short thing on his uh, on his, on, on uh, the life of uh Alex Nieto. so if you go to the website you're going to be able to see it. Any any thoughts out there for the youth? You know, any guidance, any any message that you would give them right now from this experience? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know that I've seen a lot of youth that come to the marches and everything, and I really, really love it. When I see a lot of the youth that comes to it, and you know what, though? I've seen a lot of people that are my age, 40, 44, 43, they're bringing their children to a lot of the marches. Keep bringing your children to the marches because it makes a difference. It really does. It really, really does. If you don't think that it makes a difference, it does make a difference, and I appreciate it. Keep coming back. Keep doing what you're doing. And come to addictsnieto.com. Um, this is Alex Nieto, and we're here. Again, my name is Oscar Salinas. Gracias. Orale pues, once again, thank you for taking the time and letting us know what's up.
right on, Tony. I want to say thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy day. And, uh, you know, if folks want to learn more about Libro Traficante and also, you know, help support the movement of opening libraries, uh, underground libraries, so uh, they can get informed on that, how can they do that? A lot of people didn't even know that Arrasa and Tucson had launched probably the most brilliant curriculum in the nation because they were teaching Mexican American studies from K to 12th grade. And actually, you know, um, if you look at the reading list, there were high school students reading books that I didn't read till I got into graduate school, like Critical Race Theory, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. These are like really brilliant works that our youth were exposed to, and they were basically stemming the dropout rate. But then, of course, you know, Arizona is run by the far right. GOP regime with uh, fascists like Governor Jam Brewer. So, you know, they, they had a lot of history of banning our people, making our people illegal. They decided to make our thoughts illegal. And basically, we responded with We Know Best, which is Howard the Pens is that time. We had about $20,000 worth of books donated to us. We started, we're on our eighth underground library. We'll actually be in San Francisco June 27th, opening our ninth underground library. Also in June, we'll be opening a Libra Traficante underground library in in Louisville, Kentucky, believe it or not. So basically, Arizona wanted to make this literature go away, but we have been fighting for our cultural history for 500 years. Nothing can diminish our spirit, and they tried and censor us. Now we're even more vocal, and we had to actually even defend uh, ethnic studies here in Texas. The Tea Party had launched a couple bills that would effectively eliminate ethnic studies here, but we fought it and we won. So right now, we are at the turning point, and we're about to launch some huge initiatives to take us to the next level including our underground libraries. The whole point with the underground libraries is that we will never let our culture be at the whim of an administration ever again. So no matter what laws will be passed, we will withstand this current oppression, but our people will always have access to our history, our culture, and we're actually going to be including other groups as well. So, for example, in El Paso, they start with the books that were banned in Arizona, but then they add other stories about El Chuco, other stories about gente there from the barrios, uh, Native Americans, African Americans. We welcome everybody to the libraries, and then we start a base there, but then it spreads. So this is nothing more and nothing less than a renaissance. I think people are going to look back at this moment. We're just part of it. You know, you got our brothers and sisters in um, Susa who are in the belly of the beast, and they've had some huge successes. They've had some setbacks, but we're celebrating this week because the most racist sheriff in America, Gerard Pio, the feds agreed that he's been racially profiling, something all of us know, know for a long time, but it's important to get it on paper so that people understand that this racism has just morphed. This is the same stuff our people had to deal with in the 30s. This is the same stuff that was going down during Operation Webback. So when people don't believe us, they're trying to dismiss that oppression has been updated. But moments like this show that, that no, we are in the correct. We are in the in the right. So, of course, I do want to remind people that right now there are high school students suing the state of Arizona to overturn the racist bill, which is Arizona House Bill 2811 that prohibits Mexican American studies. And the feds condone it at Arizona Supreme Court court level. It's going to go to the Ninth District and then the Supreme Court. I have no doubt it's going to be overturned at the Supreme Court, but it's going to take another three to five years, $500,000 to a million dollars. Our people will prevail, but it's going to be a long, hard haul. This moment needs to be chronicled in history, so that's a little bit about what's going on with Libra Traficante, but we do it in different ways. Well, you know what's powerful is that I think before, when we would tell people, look at the portrayals that are being forced down the throats of students that are being billed as comprehensive history are incomprehensible history because they're not correct portrayals. Again, in the past, people would dismiss that for different reasons. I'm not even going to get into all the different tactics because I, I do teach people that when I'm teaching rhetorical analysis, but you know, we ain't got, we ain't got time for that because there's a whole history of that. But my, my quick point is, like you're alluding to, we just need to look at this law. If you Google, if you look up Arizona HB 2811, this is in the law. <laughs> this is archive for history. It says that law prohibits courses that promote the overthrow of the government. And Tucson saw fit to make only one course comply, and that was Mexican-American history. So that means that when Jan Brewer signed that, she was saying that House on Mango Street, um, you know, uh, Occupied America by Dr. Acuna, um, Curandera by Carmen Tafoya, all these brilliant works that you and I know give an in-depth, profound version of American history, of which Chicanos are part of. Cam Brewer, with one signature, turned around and said, 
all those books promote the overthrow of a government. So it wasn't enough for the oppressors like the far right to go from saying, no, you, you folks are not only not people, we're going to erase you from history suddenly. They were overtly not just erasing us from history, but making us the bad guys forever. And, you know, at, at some point, we're going to have to have brilliant sociologists quantify the trauma of a young person just suspecting for one second that when their tío or tía picks up a book, somehow they're plotting the overthrow of the government. That is some serious psychological warfare that is not, that's quantified. That is a law signed by Governor Jan Brewer in Arizona. So, like you're saying, before the portrayals of our culture were either non-existent or very negative, they've actually moved on to a more sophisticated attack where with one signature, they can, they can vilify all of our works and say that no matter what we write, simply by having a Chicano last name, you are promoting overthrow of the government. And this just justifies that everything we suspected was wrong with the oppressors conveying of history was wrong, in fact. And this is a, this is a test of democracy because this isn't just a Chicano battle. Right now, they're after us directly, but this is going to go after, if these laws are left stand, uh, they will go after African-American history, women's history, and at some point, it will be this watered-down version of history that's going to ruin the cultural landscape for all Americans. So, I think in the past, it was perceived that we were just sticking up for, for something that we were being um, insensitive about, or too sensitive about. Now, this is real. Now... Of course, on that same note, I want people to know that we're winning these battles. Our gente in Tucson, our gente in Arizona, they are going to win this battle at the Supreme Court. Here in Texas, we were because of what we learned from Arizona, when we saw these bills, we can sniff out the sulfur of Jam Brewer's template anywhere. And when we saw it on these bills, they were Texas House Bill 1938 and Senate Bill 1128. We jumped on it right away. And we brought in national groups, the National Association for Chicana and Chicano Studies. They wrote a resolution. Dr. Acuna was on the ground giving us advice on how to plan. And to, to fight this, uh, we met with Roberto Lovato from one of the founder Presente. You know, so we had national experts chiming in. Here in Texas, we had Dr. Emilio Zamora, who's a well-known scholar, giving us advice at state level. And we had people on the ground all across the board. I don't think they were ever expecting that sort of uh, answer back. But we've seen this beast. we fought this beast. We can win now. And um, I, I want people to know, I can't announce it right now, but when they see what we roll out in September, we're not going to be on defensive anymore. We're going to be on the offense. And it's, we're going to ring in this renaissance on a beautiful note with our art, our cultura, and people are going to be loving what they see from all walks of life because we are just and we're going to shine.
very special guest. Ahorita tenemos una invitada muy especial y ella es mi madre que está aquí con nosotros. Nos va a decir unas palabras y espero que me dé una bendición también de las diosas. Y este, pues aquí andamos. ¿Cómo está, mam? Bien, ¿y usted? ¿Cómo está? Aquí, mire, feliz día a las madres. Igualmente para todo el mundo, como dicen, y para todas las personas que que empiecen a ser mamá y todas las que ya son mamá y que Dios las bendiga y a, a los hijos también. Pues nada más aquí también, pues si nos puede contar un poco usted también cómo, cómo empezó ahí en El Salvador este durante la guerra a ser madre. Este, ¿cómo le oh fue? my God, eso era lo más duro que había pasado en la tierra, pero para mí, que yo era una, una madre que tenía tres hijos, tengo tres hijos y que tenía que protegerlos por la guerra y porque había muchos motivos porque la, la guerra había como te dice, agarraban a la gente injustamente a matarla o, o la hacían uh, que tenían que, porque había muchas cosas, pero pasábamos las cosas tan duras que no podíamos ni siquiera sacar a los niños a, la, a jugar a, a la calle. Teníamos que estar encerrados a las seis de la tarde, sin luz, apagado, todo y calladito uno y para los niños igual era un problema en el era es un problema todavía en el Salvador la vida pero el mundo gira y qué y la, hacía para 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 el trabajo usted para dar de comer a sus hijos uy yo desgranaba maíz y lavaba ajeno yo desgranábamos maíz para para los que la gente que tenía milpas y todo ya sacaba su maíz Pagaban unos 50 por de colón o dos colones. para Y uno con eso se favorecía mucho porque iba a traer una librita de goles o una librita de arroz. Y ya. Y así pasaba, así vivía la vida uno. Tenía que vivir mientras uno podía salir del país de uno porque tenía que ir a huir porque muchos muertos, muchas personas mataban y, y perdón, los dejaban en, la, en los corredores, en las calles y el pueblo tenía que andar buscando tablas para, para hacer la casa, unos llevaban y otros no llevaban. Tenían que irse así sin caja. Y muchas tristezas porque la familia se iba y lo dejaban a uno solo ahí pensando que qué le iba a pasar en la noche o que le iban a ir a sacar de su casa o que le podían golpear los hijos, estaban, que podían tirar una bomba en la casa de uno, en la casa donde uno vivía y pues se moríamos, nos moríamos todos. Era dura la vida, pero... Es un sistema que uno guarda como un recuerdo. No es bueno el recuerdo, pero hay que guardarlo siempre. Es una mente de uno. Sí, así es. Y por eso ahora estamos aquí. Yo estoy aquí en este momento uh, agradeciéndole a usted por la vida que me ha dado y que me sigue dando. Gracias. Muchas gracias, hijo. Yo solo espero que usted se cuide mucho y que yo lo quiero muchísimo. Y es un... Eso lo llevo todos los días en mi mente, en mi alma, el amor de mis hijos, de, de los niños que sufren, que no tienen mamá, que no tienen su papá, porque uno ve la tristeza y tiene que compartirla. Eso es todo lo que le puedo decir ya. Una vez más agradezco su energía de jaguar, porque yo sé que usted es más fuerte que el jaguar. Usted... <risa> Sigue, sigue resistiendo y me ha enseñado que pase lo que pase, siempre hay que seguir luchando y adelante. Oh, no, eso es nuestro... Uno hay que seguir, se caiga o, o y hay, si uno se cae, hay que volverse a levantar como de lugar y no deprimirse, no sentirse porque ya usted ve la enfermedad que yo tengo, que es incurable y... Y ahí yo me siento, trato la manera de, de sobrevivirla, de llevar mi vida normal, de, de amar a mis nietos y todo. No tengo, porque me quiero ir en paz. Bueno pues, mam, que pase buenas noches, la quiero Igualmente, mucho. Igualmente, yo también a ustedes, ahí me saluda Oscar. Sí, sí. Y dígale que me llame porque quiero saber cuándo es la grabación. <risa> bueno, ok, pues. 
cuídese, papá. Ok, saludos ahí a la familia y feliz bueno, día a las madres pa. otra vez y un abrazo, un besito y la quiero mucho. Gracias, yo también. Okay. Lo amo. Adiós. Bye, que Tina. pase buenas noches. Igual. Bye. Bye. Once again, this is Pedro Reyes. We're right here on KPFA 94.1. That was my mom and she was just giving it, breaking it down for us right here. We'll be right back after this quick music break, so stick around.